If you really knew me. If you really knew me. If you really knew me. If you really knew me, you would know. Hey, who are you? Who, me? Yeah, you. It's Monday! Hello and thank you for joining us for another episode of If You Knew Me Mondays, a podcast to help you start your week off with a new piece of Park Day Perspective. Say what? I'm your host and Park Day Director of Equity and Inclusion, Arjuna Saeed. Every episode, we sit down with a different member of our community to help us learn more about who they are beyond what we see. We'll be hearing about what's happening in their classroom, in their life, and talking about identity, equity, and justice in our school and community. As always, we'll be talking with today's guests about what guides them, what inspires them, and what fulfills them. Along the way, we hope to inspire you too to think about these same questions in your own life. So for today's episode, we'll be sitting down to talk with someone who is as loved for her engaging presence as she is for her natural ability to wrap each lesson with rich color and creativity. Speaking of that, if you've crossed paths with her, you've likely made note of her distinct color blocking and her strong shoe game. If you haven't figured it out by now, I'm talking about our very own middle school Spanish teacher, Grecia Bloom. Hello, Grecia. Hola. I know it can be a loaded question during this crazy time on planet Earth, but how are you doing today? I am groovy. That is one of my favorite words in English, groovy. And I don't hear it very often, but groovy, yeah. Ooh, you see what I'm doing with my body now? Yeah. Just that word alone kind of loosened me up. Thank you for that. So, Grecia, every episode we start out by giving our guests the same prompt to respond to. Are you ready? I'm ready. Lista, lista. <laughs> okay. If you really knew me, you'd know that. Ooh, if you really knew me, you'll know that I'm an immigrant and an immigrant. If you really knew me, you'll know that I am an only child. If you really knew me, you'll know that I love food. And I have a new nickname in Park Day, and it's Osa. Say what? Okay. I wonder at what point I get to start calling you that. Um, you have to eat with me <laughs> to notice what happens when food is in front of me. All right, we'll make a, a date then. Definitely. One of our goals at If You Knew Me Monday is to help shed light on some of the often unseen but ever important influences in our guest's life. One thing that I so appreciate about you, Grecia, and that I've already spoken to a little, is the fact that you wear and share so much of your culture every day for everyone to see. One example of this is your classroom which at times can feel a little like an art gallery. And I'm not talking about one of those stuffy, keep your distance art galleries, but the kind that invites and engages people in the creation of something special. I'm wondering if we could talk a little bit about the role of your classroom in your teaching practice, and more specifically, how does your identity and culture take shape within the walls and installations and all of the colorful nooks and crannies of your classroom? Wow, I love that question because um, when I decided to be a teacher, which I kind of knew growing up that I was going to be and going to be and going to be, I come from a very long lineage of teachers and lawyers and politicians, so I knew I was going to fill into these three, but um, intention was really a key element for everyday action. So when I decided to teach, I wanted to make sure that intention was there, not have a book I've list, not have a book to guide us, but just 
try to connect with the students and figure out what makes them tick. And I bring my ticking with me. So that, that kind of is a marriage of beautiful communication and knowing each other. And I think that is enhanced by what I bring into the classroom and make them know who is teaching them. It's not just the teacher. It's Grecia, the immigrant, the Mexican, the one with the accent, the one that is just happy to be in the classroom. So that's, that's what they get. They just don't get the one person. They get a multifaceted person in front of them. There's so much more. Oh, yeah. <laughs> so speaking of galleries, you recently collaborated with a couple of other Park Day folks, Joe and Janine, to create a Dia de los Muertos. What would you call it? An exhibit? I will just will say maybe a, a space. A space. Beautiful. It's a space. And may I, may I say something really, really important for all the people that are listening? Um, it's funny that when I came into the United States, I heard Dia de los Muertos. However, it's Dia de Muertos. Dia de Muertos. De muertos. When you use the article loss, you need to mention who they are, and it will be impossible for us to go through all the list of our ancestors that have left, left us. So it's Dia de Muertos, honoring anyone that is past. Say what? So, Grecia, that same day I was hosting our East Bay Mini Maker Fair Art as Activism channel, so sadly I wasn't able to show up. Can you fill me in and our listeners in on um, the personal significance of this project and what parts of your Latinx heritage and culture showed up through this collaboration? So regarding the collaboration, this is something that especially Joe and I have done over the years since day one when we met. We wanted to be together and collaborate. He takes care of indigenous plants and I do indigenous celebrations. So that was a perfect union. Um, and so the collaboration is always present. However, in this year, I really wanted to offer a space for the community, especially eighth graders, to come and honor people from their ancestors, people from the community, immediate community, or people from the greater community. Um, Day of the Dead is a really important celebration in my culture. It's been happening for 3,000 years. It comes from the Mexicas, the Purepechas, the Toltecas, the Mayans. And that celebration has to do with the person leaving their body, but continuing on to live with us. And the moment that we remember them, that's the moment that they are with us. And we kind of carry their legacy in our personalities and our traits and our customs. Beautiful, Grecia. Thank you so much for sharing. Also on the topic of honoring our ancestors during this time of year, I want to spend the next few minutes talking with one of your former lower school Spanish students and my daughter, Jumi. We'll get back to our conversation momentarily, but for now, let's check in with Jumi about how her identity shows up and how she celebrates Halloween. Hello, Jumi. Hi, Baba. Hi, Grecia. Hello, everyone. Thank you for being willing to share with us. We'd love to hear about your recent guest appearance on the very special Ninang Silly Storytime. But first, for all of our listeners out there who do not know who you are, can you say your name and any parts of your identity you feel comfortable sharing? My name is Jimmy. I'm seven years old. I'm about to be eight in two months and three days. 
I am in Michelle's second grade class, and my pronouns are she and hers. I am Korean. I am black. I am white. I am an anti-racist child. Hey, Jeremy. What is one part of your identity that you're really, really proud of? I'm proud that I have an anti-racist family, and I'm proud to be a big sister. Even though it's very challenging sometimes, it still comes with a lot of fun things, like helping them and watching them grow up. And once they're on their own, you'll see that they can do things on their own because you taught them. That's awesome. Jimmy, what does it mean to be part of an anti-racist family? Our family does not support racism. We are a family and we want to support the earth and we want to support all genders and we do not tolerate racism. We want to stand up for what's right. Say what? Okay, so now that folks know a little bit more about you and that you're Korean, let's go a little bit deeper. Can you share about how you honor your ancestors and elders through your Korean culture. Like, what are some ways that you do that? Um, well, we honor our ancestors in many different ways. Um, one way is to insa to our parents, and insa means bow in Korean. So we would bow down low to our parents. And normally, you don't, this doesn't have to happen, but your parents normally give you money, and that's a symbol of good luck. Or you could pray at an altar, and you know how some altars you offer food? A very popular dish that we put on the altar, um, well, Korean people do it a lot. They put this really, um, it's called duck. There's many different kinds of duck. The one that's most popular is called songpyeon, and it's basically kind of like mochi, if you know what that is. And then in the middle, there'd be like black sesame or red beans sometimes. And you wrap it up in little moon shapes, half moon shapes. And then you eat it. Or you can put it on the altar for offerings. Say what? There's a holiday that we celebrate called Chuseok. Um, Usually we go to um, my auntie, my emo Kristen's farm. It's called Namu Farm. And Namu means tree in Korean. So basically tree farm. And it's very beautiful there. We have a party. We celebrate. We have, there's lots of tents. And we would play games and dance around the moon. And we would wear these traditional clothes called humbooks. And it's just very fun. And it celebrates your ancestors. All right. Thank you, Jimmy. I love hearing you talk about your Korean identity. Not every person feels so proud of their heritage, and I'm super happy that you are. So recently, you were invited to be a guest speaker or reader at the Ninang Silly Storytime, and you chose to read a Halloween-themed book. Can you, first, can you tell us a little bit about Ninang Silly Storytime? Ninang Silly Storytime is on Zoom. It's where we all get together. There's Ninang Silly, that's the host. And the co-hosts are Ninang Ginger, Ninang Wilson, Ninang Isha. And they all read books together. Oh, and by the way, Ninang means godmother. So like Godmother Silly. Some of the books are in English and Spanish. And some of the other ones are in English and Tagalog. And we also sing songs together. 
Like, mm-hmm. uh, it's good for you to wash your hands. Or if you know this song, it's called Here Comes a Thought. I want to tell you a quick joke that I learned from Nyanang Silly. What do you call an octopus with eight legs? I don't know. You tell me, Jimmy. An octobear. Kind of like October. What do you call it two months later? Hmm. December. Oh my gosh, stop it. <laughs> All right, so shout out to Ninang Silly and the whole Storytime crew. All right, Jimmy, um, now can you share what book you read and what it's about? I read a book called Behind the Mask. It's by a Korean author named Myung Suk Choi. And I can read the little introduction that tells kind of the whole story. Halloween is coming. What are you going to be? The children asked one another. Kimin says he will be his grandfather. Going as an old man isn't really scary, they tease. What the children don't know is that Kimin's grandfather was a Korean mask dancer. And Kimin doesn't know that the mask holds a secret for him. Young Suk Choi jo- joins Korean and American folk traditions in her story about a boy who finds a link to his grandfather behind the mask. Say what? Awesome. So is there a message from this book that you think is important and that you can highlight for our listeners now? Yes. I think the message in the book is that even though the past is the past, you can learn more about it and you might not understand at first but i think if you learn more about your ancestors it might teach you more about who you are and what your relations are beautiful thank you so much jimmy this has been really informative thank you for sharing and we'll see you soon okay bye thank you for having me gracias to me okay gracia let's go back a little bit to your role as a teacher can you share what started you on your path as an educator? It all started when I was eight. Um, my mother and my dad are divorced, and my mother had to take on uh, a new career. She was um, the main accountant person for uh, GE, General Electric, in Mexico, and we had to move. So then when we when we moved to Veracruz, that was no there was no GE, there was no anything that she could do. And she decided to become a teacher. She had been a nurse before, so she knew that she loved to engage with people. And so she got a degree and um, she went to the classroom. Day one, I was there with her in the same class. And um, after school, she will say, hey, can you correct this homework? Can you help me? The next week, we'll say, hey, can you make sure that you make these exercises and copy 47 of them so I can, you know, give them to my students? Hey, can you help me with this? Then she took on another job in the afternoon and then another one at night. So I was assistant teacher from 12 to 9 p.m. I was always there teaching adults, teaching in kids with disadvantage in Mexico. And I found it so fulfilling and I just love to be around in the classroom, just helping. That was the main thing, helping learn, helping engage, helping enjoy what you present. It was really, really important to my mother and intention. I always go back to that because she really never went through the motions. She always had intention. 
And from then on, I took a break because I said, this is a lot of work. The pay is not really good, but I am just going to take a break. And I went to cinema school and I graduated with a minor in scientific film that I um, got in Cuba. And um, I just started doing more research and working with uh, the biology department in, the, in Me Mexico City. And, but then it wasn't the same, like it never really filmed me the same. So eventually I found my way back into the classroom and I just love it. So Grecia, it's clear your passion for art and culture is a major source of your positivity. With that in mind, I've also noticed how musical you are. <laughs> I'm thinking about your willingness to jump on stage during assemblies, to play the cajon, or to share your gift of song when you have a chance. And I'd love to learn more about the role music plays in your life as an educator or just in general. Um, music is part of my heartbeat. Every day I drive to school with music. I am humming all the time. Every time I listen to a song, I pay attention to every word and the meaning and, and what space in the, in the song it is and just the way it makes me feel. It's just so, so important for me to have that going all the time. Um, so yeah, music is really a part of my life every single day. While we're on the subject of music, of course I want to talk a little bit about your People Power playlist. Every episode, our guest chooses seven songs that sum them up in some way. You chose songs that highlight your Mexicana identity in a variety of ways. Our listeners are going to have to check out their playlist on their own for the full sabor. But now, can you share one of the songs that you selected and any stories or perspectives that come with it? One song in particular that I want to highlight right now is... Um, Mi Tierra Veracruzana by Natalia Lafourcade. Natalia Lafourcade comes from the same town where I grew up. It's Jalapa, Mexico, or Jalapa, Mexico. And um, she has been traveling all over the world. And that song she made because she misses Veracruz so much. And every day I miss Mi Tierra Veracruzana. And the way she describes Veracruz is exactly, exactly how people should remember it and how I remember it. And it makes me just so happy and nostalgic at the same time. Thank you so much for sharing. Yeah, you always have a little piece of home with you when you turn that song on. Huh? You bet. Okay, Grecia, as we start to bring today's show to a close, do you have any last words or appreciations that you want to share with our listeners? I appreciate you sitting through this interview, listening to a Mexican immigrant. Hopefully you can connect to what I said or where I come from. And yeah, I just appreciate everyone that has a connection with me. Grecia, are you kidding me? This is like a highlight of not just my day, my week, but part of working at Park Day is being able to have these moments, to create these moments, to connect. So yeah. thank you. And really... I'm walking away with more questions than anything. <laughs> I want to know more about all of these different facets of your life that we just briefly touched on today. So thank you so much for, for sharing with us. All right, friends. Once again, this is your host, Arjuna Saeed, wrapping up today's episode of F. You Knew Me Mondays with middle school Spanish teacher Grecia Bloom. We're going to have to get her back in here, maybe to talk a little bit about what it's been like transitioning from lower school to middle school teaching Spanish. Say what? Did you know that each episode includes a seven-song People Power playlist curated especially for you by each guest? 
Check out Grecia's groovy selection on Spotify, where you'll find all content for our If You Knew Me Monday production. If you enjoyed today's conversation, let us know on this episode's Padlet. Leave a comment, share what you learned, or leave any questions for Grecia. And while you're at it, share with your friends and community so they too can learn about what guides, inspires, and fulfills the amazing people who call Park Day home. Once again, this has been F.U. Me Mondays. Thank you for tuning in, and we'll catch you next time. Adios.